0: The Trav Slam in the Triple Crown, hoping to get the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness. Larry Colmas has the wire-to-wire call from NBC. Here's the call of the 146th running of the Kentucky Derby.
1: Authentic comes up. They're all in line. We're ready for the start. They're off in the Kentucky Derby. Authentic. And did not break on the lead here. Tis the law is out quickly. Storm the Court is right there, too, with New York traffic. And now Authentic is moving to their inside. Outside to be a part of the pace and now take over as they race bias for the first time. Authentic will make the front, but it was not easy to get there. Storm the Court is second on the inside. New York traffic is third, and Tis the Law is right there, fourth, moving into that turn. Then enforceable, followed by Major Fed. Money moves three-wide. Attachment rate out there four wide. Winning impression is seven lengths behind, then Mr. Big News, three to South Bend, two and a half back to Max Player Racing on the inside of Necker Island. Honor AP is second last early, leading only Sole Vellante to the backstretch. And the first half mile goes in 46.41 seconds. So the pace is honest enough here for Authentic, and he leads by a length and a half. New York traffic sits in second, Storm the Court is third. Manny Franco has the Belmont Stakes winner, tis the law, just two and a half lengths behind outside of horses in clear running room and that it's Major Fed right alongside of Money Moves racing for the far turn Attachment rate is next. Mr. Big News is about eight lengths behind right now. And Honor AP still lingering along at the back of the pack as Authentic takes them around the far turn. Tis the Laws making his move now. And here he comes right up alongside of Authentic. A long shot. Mr. Big News has made a big run up into third. And they're into the stretch. And it's Tis the Law. was the final time for Authentic. Bob Baffert has done it for the sixth time.
0: And Johnny Velasquez did it for the third time, adding to his wins with Always Dreaming and Animal Kingdom, uh, is Authentic, who actually ran the seventh fastest Kentucky Derby in the 146th runnings at final time, 2 minutes, point sixty-one hundredths of a second. Uh, good enough to get that. So very impressive there uh, with Authentic. Just to note a couple of other finishers. New York Traffic, who we featured extensively on Off to the Races in the weeks leading up to the Kentucky Derby, finished eighth in the race, actually uh, had an opportunity to is one point was second in the race, uh, moved up, but then faded. As it turned out, he ran the farthest of any horse in the race, so uh, got to run a little bit more forward versus sideways there. But uh, New York traffic finished eighth, attachment rate was 14th, never really got in the race. So uh, that's the Virginia bred uh, that was bred just north of Middleburg, Virginia, with, uh, ridden by Joe Talamo. And um, so we'll. It sets up for a very interesting Preakness field. We'll have Frank Best be on here in just a moment to talk about that. Uh, one note uh, also, Necker Island finished ninth. Uh, really, to me, gave one of the better lines from Derby Day uh, when he talked about Necker Island. Uh, Necker Island here, owned by Greg Harbot and Ray Daniels, both minority African American owners of that horse, uh, when walking through uh, doing the walkover from the paddock uh, interviewed on NBC um, gave a statement about the situation with the Breonna Taylor situation there in Louisville he said we cannot protest we cannot give protest versus progress and for us this is progress so uh, they want to they want to do both Uh, they certainly stand with uh, the movement to um, bring justice to Brianna Taylor. And uh, I thought that was just a, an adequate quote of horsemen for decades, generational horsemen uh, that uh, goes back to his father and grandfather um, participation in the sport. And I, I just thought that was like a, a great comment. So we definitely want to see progress. And uh, Necker Island finished ninth, and we'll hear more about that, I'm, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. But I want to bring on Frank Vespe, who is... Um, Joining us on off to the races this morning. Good morning.
2: Good morning, Nick. Good to be with you.
0: Yeah, it's good. A little bit shaky start here, with you know a little rattle <laughs> coming out of the gate, but we're we're going to try and catch up here. Uh, let's maybe start with the Preakness field. Um, we've done a lot of reporting on the racing biz, up to date on the status of many Preakness starters. Uh, learning this week that New York traffic is now considered amongst the field for the uh, Preakness Stakes, which is run October 3rd, up at Pimlico, and uh, maybe give us a rundown of how the field could be shaping up.
2: Yeah, it's it's shaping up potentially to be a really, really interesting race, Nick, and as, as you say, we've reported on that on the Um Authentic, who won the Derby, is expected to come here. Tis the Law is sort of on the fence. He, his owner, Jack Knowlton of Sacatoga Stable, has said he's enthusiastic about coming. Barkley Tag is less so. He's the trainer. And his main issue seems to be he doesn't want to run the horse in both the, the Preakness and then the Breeders Cup Classic, which comes a month after the Preakness. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Mr. Big News, he was third in the Derby. He is likely for the Preakness. Uh, so you got that going on. Um, couple developments over the past week that, that are interesting, I think uh mystic guide who won the jim dandy he is a uh, possible for the Preakness. happy saver he won the Federico Tessio this past Monday. He's possible. His connections are going to have to supplement him in if they want to, but he is possible for the race. He's undefeated right now. Also, the runner-up in the in the Tessio, Monday morning QB, is being considered for the Preakness. He's a Butch Reed trainee. He ran a huge race to be second in the Tessio. He's, he's one worth a look. Um, coming out of contention, not going to be considered for the Preakness. Finnick the Fierce. He had been, they, he had scratched from the Derby, I think the day before. I think he scratched on Oaks Day and he is now, uh, out altogether. They discovered he has a minor suspensory ligament strain. Not expected to be a big deal. He is expected to race again and quite possibly this year. But he will—he's getting a month off to see what happens with that. Also coming out, Lebda—he had been under consideration. He's trained at Laurel by by Claudio Gonzalez. He's now going to head to the Grade Three Chick Lang uh, over Preakness weekend instead. That's a six furlong race that probably probably suits him a little bit better than a mile and three sixteenths for the Preakness. So looking like a big uh, big field here and uh... you know if you get the top three from the derby you're doing pretty good so it could be it could be a really fun renewal of the greatness this year
0: yeah it's kind of interesting uh, to mention barkley tag we remember what uh... he did with the virginia derby when he didn't uh... uh oh, what was it? showing up the horse that won the colonial turf cup didn't run in the virginia derby because it was three weeks and if there was anything about tis the law that uh, I was a little suspect is that his turnaround from the Travers to the Kentucky Derby was the shortest layoff in between races and and basically his racing career. thousand words, the horse that scratched uh, after flipping in the paddock is also considered for the uh, Kentucky Derby, there. And just an interesting situation there with uh, Jimmy Barnes uh, breaking his arm. The trusty assistant trainer for uh, Bob Baffert was in an ambulance when uh, Authentic was in the winner's circle. And then, of course, later Bob Baffert got bumped and knocked down by the winning horse. So we were hoping maybe a Gatorade shower, as I mentioned on the starting gate earlier. What may have been more appropriate out of authentic but he, he did bump effort to the turf wanted to bring up the song sung before the preakness it's um it looks like it's maryland by maryland uh, bye by maryland rather instead of maryland by maryland for the preakness
2: yeah that's correct that's a story that we broke this week on the racingbiz.com so if you if you find it come find us because we're the ones who broke it but uh Maryland my Maryland was a, is a, a secessionist anthem, basically. It was written in 1861 to encourage uh, the state of Maryland to secede from the Union and join the Confederacy. It, it refers to Lincoln and the Union states variously as tyrants, despots, and finally as northern scum. And uh, so it's been controversial for a long time, and there have been efforts for a long time uh, in the General Assembly to change the state song or change the words of the state song. And, and the Maryland Jockey Club has decided that they are not going to play that song um, this year or really ever again. They, they've decided that, that this is not kind of, you know, a song that calls other states northern scum probably isn't the image that, that the Preakness wants to Wants to encourage, and it, it probably is not a, a song that speaks to African Americans, for example, or other minority groups, and and uh, so probably not the place that the that the Preakness wanted to be anymore. So they're they're going to end the playing of that. We will no longer hear that song prior to the Preakness. They also announced at the same time and for basically similar reasons that the Dixie Stakes, which is actually the oldest stake uh, contested in Maryland. Uh, and, and the first edition of it was won by the horse Preakness, who then gave his name to the, the most important steak contested in Maryland. The Dixie's going to revert to its original name, which is the dinner party Stakes. So uh, the Dixie and and Maryland by Maryland are, as you said, bye-bye.
0: Yeah, uh, and we'll talk plenty more about that as we provide the uh... Previews of the Preakness, which will be run here in about three weeks. Thanks, Frank, for joining us on Off to the Races. Thank you, Nick. And, Always a pleasure. And we'll uh, head to break here. When we come back, we'll speak with journeyman, veteran jockey, Tony Black. You won't want to miss this. Stay tuned.
3: VirginiaHorseRacing.com Across Virginia from the Tidewater to the Shenandoah Valley, from the summer thoroughbred season at Colonial Downs in New Kent to the fall harness meet at Shenandoah Downs in Woodstock, from steeplechase meets like the Virginia Gold Cup at Great Meadow or Foxfield or Middleburg or Montpelier to point to point race action on VirginiaHorseracing.com. Find them on Facebook. It's a great resource. In addition to live races, Virginia residents can wager horse racing online seven days a week via four Virginia Racing Commission-approved industry partner sites. TVG.com, ExpressBet.com, Twinspires.com, and NYRABets.com. Find out more at VirginiaHorseRacing.com.
4: Live racing has resumed at the Maryland Jockey Club. The Summer 2020 meet is currently being conducted Fridays and Saturdays at Laurel Park under the industry's most stringent health and safety protocols. Although Laurel Park is closed to the general public, fans can watch and wager on the action at laurelpark.com and on the First Bet app, the official betting app of the Maryland Jockey Club. First race post is 12.40 p.m. For more information on the Summer 2020 racing schedule, please visit laurelpark.com.
1: Weekday afternoons at 3. Catch the save on ESPN Richmond.
4: That's right. Steve Zabin is back. And
1: you can listen on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Plus, don't forget to listen on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Richmond. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC NBCUniversal. It's hit movies, current shows, and live sports. Go! news clips trending bits and timeless hits
5: i want to go to there
1: it's kim and courtney seth and jimmy hoda savannah benson and stabler it's the best of streaming and the best of tv and that's why you can't not watch. Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. These titles plus 35. The English Premier League and Loan Order SVU. Streaming now. Content availability may vary over time. Some content requires paid upgrade.
6: Does learning a language feel like this?
4: No habla espanol? Hablo. It's hablo. Yes.
6: It's hablo. <laughs> when you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind.
0: Since my husband is from Guatemala, I'll apply what I've learned in Babbel to our real-life situations.
1: The app is so practical. It helps you learn things that you will actually Hoy es miércoles y el clima está muy bueno afuera.
6: Now try Babbel for free. Just go to babbel.com to start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Right now at Diamonds Direct, whether you buy a $3,000 diamond pendant or a $30,000 designer ring, you can spread your payments over five years without paying a diamond interest. It's Diamonds Direct's most aggressive offer ever. Pick any item, get the super low price Diamonds Direct is known for, and spread your payments over five years with zero interest and zero down. No exceptions. Don't miss this incredible limited-time offer. Five years, zero interest. On approved credit only at Diamonds Direct. Sure Pump, West Broad Village.
3: Today is video games day I'll tell you how into it my son is in just a moment, but
0: first find new roads here at the all new Park Chevrolet Richmond, here's Casey Lane
7: We have been family owned and operated for over 50 years and we're bringing the Park's Promise to car buyers right here in Richmond and if you're looking for Silverado, we've got them 2020's up to $10,000 off MSRP 2020 Equinox and Trax up to 30% off MSRP and 2020 Traverse up to 20% off MSRP Now my son
3: son is so into video games uh, that he is second in the nation in the one he plays. Yeah, so, and believe me, I just thought he was wasting time, right? Uh, (laughs) Anyway, experience the Parks Promise. We won't waste your time. Find new roads at parksrichmond.com. You don't have your best
7: price. Until you have your Parks Price. Business done, family style, with deals to make you smile for well
6: qualified buyers financing with gmf plus tax tag and title see dealer for details
3: 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on your car insurance visit geico.com to see how much more you could save
4: follow us on facebook twitter and instagram using at espn richmond keeping you up to date 24 7 we're 995 and 1027 espn
0: like playing the local local music this is Eli Cook leading us back into out of break on off to the races this morning based in Charlottesville if you want to send us some local music we'll play it on off to the races and then out of breaks we enjoy doing that and uh, we're very happy to have like the 33,964 starts uh, of these horses we have tony black aboard on off to the races this morning and he joins us five over fifty two hundred wins uh, just a career uh, rider uh, and actually won a couple races last year coming out of retirement tony thanks for spending some time with us on off to the races this morning
7: Hi, It's it's always a pleasure to be on a broadcast that has something to do with horse racing. One of the few things I know a lot about. But uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was 33,900 and some. I've been telling everybody it was 34,000. See, I'm handing out bad information. I did know, though, the winners were 5,211. And we got yeah. one more in the
0: tank. You got one more? Are you, are you, are you coming back out of retirement? You're going to race again?
7: Well, I'll tell you what, I'll probably win one more, and it'll be uh, a horse of my choosing in the next year or so. I want to end up on an even number, uh, uh, 5,212. Um, and it's just a personal goal, and I'd like to do it next year uh, at the age, and I shouldn't even say my age, I'll be laughing, but uh, at the age of 70. I just turned 69, I want to win a race at the age of 70. And it'll be right up there with the some of the oldest riders to win a thoroughbred uh, race in North America. So that's a personal goal, and I think I'll achieve it. Right now, I'm not getting on horses uh, because uh, I have two young kids that since March have been out of school, and they just started back to school. So in another uh, few, they just started back to school. When they get situated, I'll start going out to parks and getting on horses again. I enjoy the physical exercise.
0: Tony, we- you have, when I first got involved in the game, it was probably, uh, this was like, really like mid-90s, mid to late 90s is, is when I really started following it. began mainly at Delaware Park uh, as, as Virginia was starting to ramp up at its racing at Colonial Downs. Um, but you were a rider at what they called Philly Park back in the day and in that mid-Atlantic circuit. and. Uh, I mean, tell us just about your career and and maybe the story that appeared on the racing biz uh, about your uncle um, and and your relationship.
7: I can't talk enough about my uncle. He's the one who introduced the uh, whole family to horse racing. Uh, I started riding in uh, June of 1970. Uh, I rode my first race at Liberty Bell Park. Uh, uh, instead of going to my high school graduation, which I did graduate high school, I went to <laughs> Liberty Bell Park and rode that, that particular day. My boss, I was under contract, said, you wanna go to graduation or ride your first race? And I said, that's an easy choice, that's my first race. I rode the horse, he won, he paid 106.40. So that was the big start to my career, 33,000 some hundred um, mounts ago. Um, my uncle had just retired a couple of years prior to my starting the ride. He retired, I think 67, 66 67. And, uh, he had a stellar career. You know, he never got the opportunity to win a Derby Preakness, home on there. And of course, breeders club didn't exist at the time, but he, he was such a well-respected rider in the New Jersey, Maryland, Florida circuit, or any place he went, he had a stellar reputation. He won a lot of races, uh, I think he won uh, like 2,700 in some races. Uh, he rode 19, 18, 19 years, and uh, he wound up being a racing official for many years. And I look at his career, and the, on that story that you were just talking about, he rode a filly that's a Hall of Fame um, inductee, a filly called Tasma. And I look at Tasma, who was bred by uh, Eugene Mori, the builder of the original Garden State Park, and Briardale Farm owned him, uh, the owner. That Philly kind of had the same type of career as one of the best Phillies I ever rode had. And I compare my Juliet to Tasma, You know, they both ran in like 30 some times. They both won about 24, 25 races. They both went short and long and they both beat the boys. So his, his, um, my, my My Juliet and his Cosma kind of had similar careers, and it's funny that we both wound up on uh, the best horses we ever rode were Phillies. So I, I look at uh, his career and being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame because of his stellar talent, but he also, because of his stellar reputation. And I think I said in that article that Linda Doherty wrote, I, I said the one piece of advice that he gave me had nothing to do with crossing your reins and putting a leg on each side of a horse. Uh, it was strictly keep your reputation, your nose clean, because that will always follow you to wherever you go. So I think for the most part I was able to do that, and that's why I lasted like 40 years in the saddle.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Sam Bal- Balmides, hopefully I'm saying that right, nicknamed the shrimp in the story of... Uh, that was featured on the racing biz earlier this week I want to kind of bring up a couple of jockeys that we have had on the show during the year and these will be very familiar names for you and if you could kind of give us uh, just maybe a quick response first thing that comes to your mind when I bring up these names um, to you know what comes into your mind uh, I'm going to start off with Mike Smith Mike
7: uh- Mike Smith, a uh, world-class rider, great head, knows where he's at at all times. And I was good friends with his dad, George Smith, who passed away a couple years ago. And Mike Mike is a class act.
0: A rider who is establishing himself, didn't have an opportunity this season to really get started. He ended up with, I think, two win- two or three wins during the meet here at Colonial Downs. But is kind of following in your line, CeCe Lopez.
7: Oh, uh, CC. You know what? CC and I had a major influence on in, uh, each other and were influenced by his father, um, Carlos Lopez. So I knew CC when he first came around, and I'll never forget one day uh, when CC uh, started riding, how his dad gave him some good advice. It was, don't run up on the inside of black. <laughs> 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 and he- And he did it one time, and his father said, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at him for not listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Julie Crone. We
7: used to call Julie squeaky. I'll never forget Julie (laughs) Crone when she started riding. If you didn't see her coming, you could hear her coming because she had a shrill voice, shrill voice, and, and at times did a lot of complaining, especially when I rode with her in Merlin at Bowie plane against me one day, they left the number up, and she told the stewards, he must be blind, and the stewards left the number up and said, uh, he might be blind, but he didn't drop you, so he must have seen you in there.
0: <laughs> and a little bit later in the show, we're going to have Johnny Velasquez uh, aboard.
7: Class act. Uh, he rode a, a fabulous race, had a lot of horse to do it with, you know, take nothing away from the horse authentic, but... I love the way he rides. He lets horses get comfortable where they want to be, not necessarily where the strategy of the race says you should be. He lets them run their race, and, and uh, I think the authentic was a good example of that.
0: Great. Well, ride them, ride them as you find them, I guess, is, is the logo there. But, uh,
7: yeah, you know um, what? There's a feel you have for horses, and there's a feel that horses have for the competition around them in the race. And if you both tune in to what you feel, usually you ride better. If you try to adjust what you're feeling and try to force something that's not coming up easily to adjust to, you usually mess them up and you get in their way. But uh, I love the way he rode uh, authentic. Of course, not just because he won, but because he let the horse do something that I like horses doing. Make your competition go where you've already been. I love that. If you're in front, you make them go where you've already
0: been, and that's what he did. Yeah, had a had a magnificent ride in the in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Tony, last question here before um, we pull up. But you're you're a regular on the Steve Bick Show that appears on satellite radio on a daily basis. Love the stories, uh, and you've it, it just kind of explains, you know, the men- you explain the mentality of jockey being a jockey and riding so well. Uh, what has it been like to just share those moments with, with Pick on the show? Because your, your personality on that show. Uh,
7: I, I love sharing moments that people maybe don't even have the opportunity to have witnessed. Where you can say, well, Steve, listen, remember when I rode this horse and this is what happened and boom and then, he, or it or or gives me an opportunity to actually give an idea to the public what being a jockey and on a horse's back is. You know, and the one thing I always uh, love to stress, it's a highly stressful athletic event for two athletes combined, animal and human. And people don't realize, you know, jockeys are extremely fit athletes. We're not just sitting there. We're working. So he lets me express that. And then I uh, love any show as yours, or I even do a show, uh, Billy the Greek, uh, Boston broadcast radio station. Um, any show that has something positive to say about horse racing, I love it.
0: Yeah, well, so that comes across clearly in your dialogue. The only other place you'd probably want to be other than behind the mic is is aboard a horse. That comes out very clearly. Uh, Tony, thanks for spending some time with us on Off to the Races this morning.
7: Hey, thank you, and it's always a pleasure, and any time you have a good day. Thank you.
0: Great. Great. Tony Black, great ambassador of the sport on Off to the Races. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll speak with winning Kentucky Derby jockey Johnny Velasquez.
6: Ashland's Eagle Point Farm, located in Richmond's rich, traditional thoroughbred country, an area that produced the immortal Secretariat. Eagle Point Farm graduates excel at racetracks throughout the Mid-Atlantic, but race at Colonial Downs with a home field advantage. Now managed by Karen dennehy Eagle Point Farm is in its third generation of breeding, breaking, raising, and racing thoroughbreds. You can see why their 44-stall barn stays near capacity. Their developing horses train on a four-and-a-half furlong irrigated training track. Licensed trainers, experienced riders. In the return of racing at Colonial Downs in 2019, Eagle Point Farms captured the $100,000 Tyson Gilpin Stakes with What the Beep.
3: It's What the Beep who comes up calling after the lead. English Airs tries to battle on toward the inside,
1: but What the Beep has all the momentum, and What the Beep wins the Tyson Gilpin.
6: 200 acres of paddocks, round pens, gallops, and care. Ask about the Virginia Certified Residency Program and have your thoroughbreds take flight at Eagle Point Farm in Ashland and online at
4: eaglepointfarm.com. Live racing has resumed at the Maryland Jockey Club. The summer 2020 meet is currently being conducted Fridays and Saturdays at Laurel Park under the industry's most stringent health and safety protocols. Although Laurel Park is closed to the general public, fans can watch and wager on the action at laurelpark.com and on the First Bet app, the official betting app of the Maryland Jockey Club first race post is 1240 p.m. For more information on the summer 2020 racing schedule, please visit laurelpark.com.
6: ESPN Richmond is an Urban One radio station. Minority controlled and operated and serving the African-American community for over
1: 40 years. This is 99.5 and 1027
4: ESPN.
5: For the guys out there tired of dating online, Blue Matchmaking is here to help. Bloom Matchmaking specializes in providing safe, long-term relationships in the RVA area, matching your preferences, compatibility, and personal experiences to a partner vetted and recommended by the Bloom Dating Team. To learn more, visit bloommatchmaking.com or give us a call today at 804-403-8091. Bloom Matchmaking, where love grows.
4: Ryan Ratke here from Westwood One with a Sunday night football preview as we'll wrap up the NFL's first full day of action with a great primetime matchup from the brand new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Jared Goff and the Rams debut their new home by hosting Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and the Dallas Cowboys. It's also the beginning of a new era for Dallas as first-year head coach Mike McCarthy takes the reins.
3: I knew today I walked in this building what the expectations are and always will be at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of experience of coaching a football team with high expectations year in, year out. And it'll always be the expectation here in Dallas. And I, and I love that.
4: All of Famer Terrell Davis and I have the call from L.A. when the Cowboys meet the Rams on Sunday Night Football.
8: Remember to listen to Westwood One's coverage of the NFL all season long. Right here on 99.5 and 1027
1: ESPN. Hey, Frequent heartburn may keep you from running your A-game, but it doesn't have to anymore. Join the Prilosec OTC two-week challenge. Just go to PrilosecOTC.com. You'll get $3 off to get you started, plus 14 days of tips, tricks, and reminders. Just two weeks, zero heartburn. Go to PrilosecOTC.com and sign up today. Zero heartburn is possible with Prilosec OTC.
3: Use as directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. This is John Greenhut, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. Even better, there's no messy strips or trays that you'll have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-679-0969. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. Nine. Oh, my stomach.
4: Don't worry, I've got you covered. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. What's that? It's Pepto-Bismol Chews.
2: Pepto-Bismols now in a chew?
4: Yeah, they taste great and provide fast relief. And now you can always have Pepto-Bismol handy. Huh. let me try it. Try new Pepto-Bismol Chews for fast relief. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use directed. Keep out of reach of children. The Zabe is back in Richmond. Listen to Steve Zaben. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
0: And we're back live on Off to the Races. I want to get right to our next guest. We appreciate Kentucky Derby winning jockey John Johnny Velasquez joining us on off to the races this morning he's racing this weekend at kentucky downs and uh, certainly had a memorable ride last week aboard authentic and he now joins us congratulations on winning the kentucky derby
8: thank you guys thank you for having me
0: uh... wanted to maybe just start there with the race we just had tony black uh, jockey tony black on the show and he uh, really complimented your ride. One of the things he mentioned uh, about your ride is that you forced the competition to travel where you had already been in terms of the ride. I mean, there was no secret that Authentic was going to be out on the front end, but uh, maybe take us through the race.
8: Well, well yeah, obviously, uh, there wasn't much much speed in the race um, and, and the kind of, uh, field that we had, I mean, it was about two horses wide at speed and one of them was just a and obviously, the one that the Paco was riding. Uh, um, and once that didn't develop, uh, and, and I knew my horse was going to be in the lead, uh, it just as a matter when I wanted it to be in the lead. So we broke a little bit slow, so I took it nice and easy uh, without rushing him, um, going to the lead, um, and then taking taking advantage of there wasn't much speed in the race that I knew eventually I, I probably was going to uh, end up in the lead anyway. So I did it gradually. Um, by the time we passed the, the, the wire for the first time, um, I watched what the other guys wanted to do inside, and I was like, well, I think uh, it's going to work out even easier. That I don't know how to let my horse rush too much going to the lead. So by the time we got to the turn, I already knew that uh, I was going to be in the lead, and I, was, I wanted to be in the spot that I wanted to be. So once once I got there... Um, I was pretty happy the way it was and I and I was forcing the other guys to uh run around me instead of me get to the turn and drop drop to the rail. Um uh, well I did I didn't do that. I said at least three wise, uh making sure the other guys had to work harder and go outside of me. So uh, and I think that worked out really way uh really well on, on my part.
0: Uh this was your first trip aboard authentic and uh first mountain and you win the Kentucky Derby. It, 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 the race kind of it reminded me of several things including like the Seabiscuit movie where uh, it, during the match race when um, War Admiral drew up against Seabiscuit uh, and then Seabiscuit just kept right on going on the inside the, the same thing kind of happened with Justify's Derby even though it was in the rain back in 2018 uh, when he's approaching you at the quarter pole and, and drawing even and it, it just seemed like authentic even though they came home and 25 and three-fifths of a second, which is which is not all that fast. It was the seventh fastest running in the derby overall. What was that moment like uh, at the top of the stretch?
8: Well, it was great to say it's true because I mean, I, I was hoping that um, the, my horse, re, uh, you know, react for the things I wanted to do first of all, and, uh, and I waited for Tis Lord to come, come to right next to me and make sure uh, you know, uh, my horse engage him basically, you know, I mean, I'm watching the, watching the, the has cool and watch the other races. My horse is little, has a little quirky things that he likes to do when he gets down down to the lane, down to the lane, and uh, he gets to distracted if you will, you know. And you can see him duck and and kind of uh, waiting for the competition. And this time, I actually waited for the horse to get pumped to me instead of me trying to open up before they, they came to me. So um, that worked in our in our advantage, you know. Once the other horse gets to me, and then, um, but I still tell me make sure you you know you you put the you, you crap and left-handed and make sure you get his attention though you know and that kind of worked in my advantage and when that word horse came to me he was he, re- he was a really engaged um to be competitive obviously, with the horse but once i got it uh my work left-handed he responded right away um and i think that's what you know what was different between uh, the haskell and, and the derby Though you know he he was engaged earlier and uh, early in the race um and then he had the competition all the way down down the lane. And plus, obviously, I had my way left-handed, so he, he understood what, what the business was.
0: Uh, Johnny Velasquez, you are a, a rider of so many good horses. I was actually a little surprised that the leading money or earner of all your mounts still remains English Channel, who won the Colonial Turf Cup and the Virginia Derby back in 2005, uh, a horse uh, that ran on the turf, uh, eventually winning the John Deere Breeders' Cup turf. But, uh, t- you know, tell us about your thoughts about racing it at Colonial Downs, especially uh, back in the English Channel days. Yeah, well, it's,
8: it's very very nice to, you know, to have a horse like him and him. And- Back then he was you know uh it down he was still uh learning and uh uh and basically growing, though you know so it was great great experience for the horse for me uh to be there and and getting to know that eventually you know he he got to be a much better horse than than he was when uh when he ran the color it down so so there um uh, we we always knew that he 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 had the talent um we just needed to put it together. Uh, and grow up mentally. You know, uh, he wasn't uh, easier ride, if you will. You know, to uh, to ride uh, uh, in the races, but he definitely the talent was there. We just needed to uh, get it to focus and do the things that you know the the, the jockeys would like to do with him. So, and he finally grew up and uh, and got to win the Breeders' Cup as well. So, a uh, fun time to to have him around. I, I really do miss him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's certainly a, a special horse. Uh, wanted to ask you a little bit about. You're from Puerto Rico. Participated in the jockey school uh, there in Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, tell us about maybe how you got involved in racing and 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 just how that school just seems to produce so many good riders.
8: Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't grow up uh, around the racetrack, so you know, but I did grow up around horses, you know, so I know a little bit of. Horses, you know, totally different. When I went to the jockey school in Puerto Rico, um, I had to learn everything from scratch. Um, so it's a great experience. I mean, you, you get there and you think you know everything about horses, and you you know nothing basically. Um, and you got to start from scratch. So you know, like gro- grooming the horses and and working with the horses, uh, race horses, basically, it's totally different than what I was I was used to. Um, and then. Um, I didn't really ride very much with, uh, with saddles uh, uh, before I got to to the jockey school, and I had to learn that as well. And not just that; it's just uh, riding short instead of being riding. Even if I rode with the saddle before, it was riding with very long uh, kind of um, western type of thing, you know. So very different to be in a, a jockey, to be in uh, just a pleasure horses and being around the streets, so, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a very unique situation they have in Puerto Rico then, then, the way that the school is, is set up. And not only do you learn from the bottom up, but also once you have to, you have to go from stages, you know, to pass to start galloping horses in, on the main track. And um, then once you do that, then you have to go to another stage to, you know, prison horses and start, uh, start, uh, from the gate. Then, uh, Two months, I think two months, three months before you graduated, you had to do the practice races, basically, in the morning. Uh, so you get to ride the race with your full gear, you know, as a jockey, but, you know, even an it's uh, as in, uh, uh, non, uh, a public, because this is just in, in the morning times. Uh, but you still, you still have to weigh in, you have to weigh out, you have to, you know, do the, the normal things as a jockey. Just so. so they want you to get you ready before you actually get to the races. And about a month before you graduated, you had to do uh, a few practice races um, in the afternoon, meaning uh, right before the races start. Or sometimes they even have it as a second race. Now nowadays, just just to have you know the the, the kids get used to the you know the, the, the fans and everybody and, and, and everybody else, but to get used to the you know the jackets and everything. So you learn a lot and it's a really. Uh, Great program that they have in the school. So, you know, and then they you you go to classes as well, you know, while you are at the Jackie School. So, um, you have to learn everything about the horses and about everything else. You have to learn English. Those who don't don't speak the language, like me, Um, even though I was there for a year and a half, um, when I came here, I didn't speak it very well, but at least I have a basic to to understand it a little bit. So it helps a lot, you know, so it's a a great program as a whole, so uh, very proud to come from over there and and very proud to be in the school, basically, you know, without the school, I wouldn't be here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, certainly um, a great ride. You're on Standard Deviation today out at Kentucky Downs, uh, 12 to 1 in the morning line, trained by Graham Motion. Uh, Good good luck today in the uh, Kentucky... Of Turf Cup at Kentucky Downs, and we'll be watching. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning on Off to the Races. We uh, we
8: really appreciate it.
0: Great. Johnny Velasquez, Kentucky Derby winning jockey. He had Animal Kingdom back, I think that was 2011, Always Dreaming in 2017, and this year, 2020, with Authentic. He is an A. Tight jockey. Uh, all his Kentucky Derby winning jockeys ironically beginning with the letter A there. So uh, great work there by Johnny Velasquez. We're uh, going to pull up here Derby Bill in mere moments on off to the races to see what he thinks about that uh, Kentucky Turf Cup. Just a, a couple of um, recognitions here. Uh, Woods Lane Farm produced a winner, a nice two-year-old maiden special weight winner, um, at Saratoga on Sunday, it's just such a busy time of year. It's kind of an odd week in the sense that a little bit of a lull. Last week was just, we didn't even talk about Saratoga and Del Mar last week on the show, but um, uh, Jose Ortiz with Malibu Court. Uh, curl rather won a maiden special weight for Woods Lane Farm in the Plains. Uh, actually, a two-year-old filly sired by Curlin, so that'll be an interesting horse uh, trained by uh, Thomas uh, Albertroni there. So, um, going to pull up here, Derby Bill Watson. Uh, going to reach out for him and see if he's there. Good morning, Derby Bill and maybe not quite yet. Uh, So while we're still hunting Derby Bill there, just wanted to maybe give a little bit of a rundown for the uh, Kentucky Turf Cup. The big favorite in the race is Zulu Alpha. I mean, this is a horse trained by uh, Michael Maker. It will be ridden today by Tyler Gaffleone. Seven to five in the morning line. There They'll be going a mile and a half on that. Uh, Interesting course. That was something that, Almost surfaced here in Virginia when we were talking about the when racing was dormant, and Colonial Downs was closed. They looked at a track that would have had a very similar facility as um, as uh, Kentucky Downs uh, up there in north or just south of Leesburg. There, um, so that was uh, just an interesting racetrack there. Never been the Kentucky Downs, be interested to to seeing it, all the racing there. On the turf, and um, here with about five minutes in the show, of Derby Bill. Let's see if we have. Yes, sir, can you hear me? There he is. What do you say now, Derby Bill? <laughs> on off to the races. Uh, just uh, very busy show this morning. Had two great ambassadors with a to- a jockey ambassadors. These guys are men. I mean, don't they may be small in size, but they're such big in stature, and you can just hear. Uh, how they love the game. Um, And and you have Johnny Velasquez, who's going to be riding standard deviation uh, today in the Kentucky Turf Cup. Uh, Give us your thoughts. Uh, Does he have a chance to beat Zulu Alpha?
5: Uh, It's always dangerous, always dangerous. Him and Tony Black at Philadelphia Park in the old days. Now they call it P-A-R-X, but Tony Black was a monster up there in philadelphia area and then uh... county b has been a monster in kentucky and virginia and uh... kentucky downs is a interesting track nick it's a good better track nine million bucks bet there yesterday all-time record for a weekday wagering so the money is on there in the million dollar race today they got a five hundred thousand dollar race there yeah. interesting place they, out there it's in a cow pasture they used to do duels out there nick
0: Dueling grounds, yep.
5: They used to have uh, duels out there. The,
0: oh, a guy the named duels. Sam
5: Houston was you're in a duel about, there and shot somebody one time. You're talking it used to be called dueling downs.
0: One, two, three, four, five, ten, you know, turn around and shoot? Is that what you're, you're talking about? Those kinds of duels?
5: Yep. That's where the track is now in Kentucky. They built it a, on a uh, – they used to go out there and duel. Sam Houston was uh, actually a Virginia bred for you, Nick. Sam Houston, born in Virginia.
0: I had no idea. Uh, you, it's incredible, the things you, you learn on this show. Derby, Bill, the uh, Derby... I'm, very informative. Been around a long time. Got a big
5: head full of uh, a lot of nothing.
0: <laughs> well, let's, what, maybe just going back here, what are, what are your thoughts on the Kentucky Derby? I mean, uh, interesting race uh, just with the conditions it was run under. But, uh, you know, just kind of reflecting back last week, what were your thoughts on the race?
5: um disappointing as as you've seen the two races two the law has lost both been in churchill so obviously you might uh, not like that uh start track that in churchill both losses there so very disappointed for the baltimore and the preakness and especially 2020 we needed the triple crown in baltimore just to uh draw some interest later on in the year without uh Pizza now probably won't go to Baltimore and he'll rest up for the Breeders' Cup. So, yeah, today's pretty good. You got a Queen's plate up in Canada on TV if you in a million dollar race and a million dollar race in Kentucky down. So, horse racing's uh, trying to get by, Nick. And uh, the Derby uh, epitomized 2020. You know, the Triple Crown uh, fans have left the building.
0: What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, maybe a little bit about your Marylander. In, in you know many ways uh you know your thoughts about uh my maryland my maryland and just the preakness ahead
5: well never times are changing it's uh you know pretty cool song to me but i don't uh, you know I, I like just listening to the music i mean i'm not a, a word guy obviously i did not major in english at elon
0: <laughs> yeah no yeah john johnny v did though they taught him english in the uh, jockey school down there in Puerto Rico.
5: I minor in gambling.
0: <laughs> yeah, what, g- give us uh, maybe some picks uh, as we head out here in the last few moments.
5: Well, the queen, Queen's Plate, we got a Bodemeister, Virginia bred colt. Uh, Bodemeister has a colt running called Curlin's Voyage in the Queen's Plate in Canada, the million dollar race up there later on today. And then the uh, big Kentucky Turf Cup is uh, Zula Alpa and Arclo, two of the older horses. Mike Maker, if you're betting Kentucky Downs, you have to have Brad Cox and Mike Maker. Maker wins a lot at uh, Kentucky Downs. So, one little tip on the pick four out there. There's a pick four out there. 14% takeout pick four of the most people are going to take a stab at